following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owners, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Hey, welcome to the Impact Hour. I'm John, and today we're going to talk about connecting. Now, there's a lot of things to do uh, in order to connect a, a lot better. So the, what I find for myself is a lot of times I end up going through the world, and I'm really not connecting with people the way that I would like. And a lot of times I'm not even really aware of it in the moment. I'm just navigating through the world and I have a transaction with this person and I have kind of an interaction with this other person. And as I've gone through and I look back on my day, I realized I didn't really connect with any of those people very much. And I'm on a journey to connect more. So I'm, I'm going to talk about connecting, but I'm really not going to talk about it from a, a position of being a complete expert in this topic I'm just going to share from my perspective things that I've learned along the way, things I've seen and noticed, um, but in no way am I perfect at connecting. <laughs> um, so that's kind of kind of my journey along the way. And uh, what I've noticed in the world is a lot of times folks will have a, an interaction with another person. It might be a sales transaction, and it might not even be a sales transaction. It might be some other kind of transaction where it's basically an exchange. I'll do this for you if you do this for me, some kind of transaction, a sharing of information, uh, but really not very much sharing of ourselves with each other. And I think the world would be a better place if we all shared more of ourselves with each other. Now, that doesn't mean we share our deepest, darkest secrets that everybody will come in contact with, so the context would matter. It's not like you go to the checkout counter at the store and need to share your, your, your deepest secrets or your deepest struggle with them. Uh, but there are ways to connect and to share a little bit with each of these people. We get to share a bit of ourselves and to connect a little bit more. And so that's what this show is about today, is how do we change the way we interact with people so that we actually connect more? One of the things I've learned is my interactions with folks has kind of this deep groove into it. I've got this deep habit, this old way of connecting with people. And if I don't pay any attention, that's how it comes out. This old way of doing things. And uh, I need to put in some effort to actually change it. So I've got, you know, over 50 years of interacting with people a certain way. And it's it's very easy to just fall back into that. It's probably going to take more than an afternoon to change the way I interact and connect with people. And my guess is that would be true for you too. So one of the things that I've learned also is if I do mess up, I don't connect with somebody the way I want to. I'm very easy to get into self-judgment. And now I'm beating myself up. Oh, I did that wrong again. And Oh, I'm terrible. And what's wrong with me? And all this, this self-judgment and a heap self-judgment on top of this learning process doesn't make it easier. It actually makes it harder. That's what I found. <laughs> so as if you want to connect more with people, uh, if that's you, you've, you're listening today and think, yeah, I'd like to connect more. I'd like to change the way I interact with people. My recommendation is to have a lot of grace and really 
Don't, don't beat yourself up when it doesn't go the way you want. I've found that unlearning is twice as hard as learning. And changing an old habit into a new one is a whole lot of unlearning. And so just give yourself grace and compassion. If you mess up, just, just notice. Notice what happened. Notice what were the triggers that maybe had you interact a certain way. Those could be like, you know, deep emotional triggers, or they could just be, you know, there are certain things in the environment when you're acting with people, certain reactions to certain questions, and maybe there's no emotion on it, but that just has you respond a certain way. For example, not that this should necessarily change, but you walk up to somebody and you say, hi, how are you? And they say, fine, how are you? And you say, fine. And that's a deep-grained habit. So if somebody walks up and says, hi, how are you? The first thing out of your mouth without even thinking probably is fine. And if you wanted to connect, maybe that would be something you'd want to change. But the pattern or the trigger would be, how are you? That is that, is that pattern, that's that old pattern. And maybe your instinct is to answer fine. And you have to insert right in the middle there, fine. Well, wait, let me think about that. Then I'll answer you for reals. Or maybe you want to say, you know, assess the context. Is this a context where is that really just a high, is it just a high a connection? Hello, hello, and you're done. Do they really not want to know how you're doing? Or is it an environment where maybe that could be useful? And then you could ask, do you want to know how I'm really doing? Or are you just, are you just saying hi? You know, just greeting me. And you could ask. And, of course, you don't want to be weird and awkward all the time. Um, so you kind of have to assess what makes sense there. But there might be some places where you like, you know, is this just a greeting or are you really asking? And they can go, well, it's just a greeting. Okay, I'm doing great. And that's fine. Or they could say, you know, actually, I'd kind of like to know. How are you doing? And now you have a chance to interact differently. And you get a chance to respond differently. As you're trying to change a pattern of connecting with somebody, uh, one of the things I found is some of the ways... Uh, that I interact with people actually can hurt. The other person can feel hurt uh, by the way I've interacted. And one of the patterns I'm trying to change is someone shares something. And I think, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I don't say anything about that. And I think, yeah, and it's this thing also too. And I add to what they just shared. And sometimes the other person can feel like I just completely ignored and dismissed what they said not my intent, but sometimes that can happen. And that's a pattern I'm wanting to change in my life. I don't want to do that anymore. So if that's a pattern, you have a pattern like that, where you interact with people and you're noticing that others are not feeling really great after the interaction. In addition to having grace and compassion for yourself, I highly recommend you also ask for forgiveness from others. And maybe even say, this is something I'm working on and I'm going to ask for forgiveness in advance because I know I probably will mess up and I'm not trying to give myself a pass, but I would just want some grace from you and support as I work to make these changes. Most folks would be happy about that. And if you do want to change the way you interact, asking for feedback is also an awesome way to find out you know, how it's going on the other end of it. You know, when you're interacting, how are they experiencing it? How are they experiencing you? Are they experiencing you as aloof? 
Are they experiencing you as genuine and warm? Are they experiencing you as angry all the time? I don't know what it, would, what it might be, but it could be a lot of different things. And asking for feedback might not be very fun. Just got to admit that. It might be kind of hard to hear. But awareness is the first step in making change. And if you're not aware, if you're too afraid to receive and hear the feedback, then you probably won't be able to change. It'd be pretty hard. Let me put it that way. So it'd be, be a good idea, I'd recommend, to ask for feedback. We just had this interaction. It seemed like you got a little upset. Something was going on there. Just wanted to check in. You know, how was that for you? Is there something I could have done different? Just solicit feedback. Just note, just because they give you feedback doesn't necessarily mean it's true. It might be, but it's information. You get a chance to assess it. Is it true or not? And be careful of always going, ah, that can't be true. If that's your response to all feedback, maybe something else is going on there. Just saying, maybe, maybe it's worth looking at, especially if you get the same feedback over and over again. And you're always saying that can't be true. Both of those things probably aren't going together. So it might be worth taking a look. So there are some ways of interacting with people which really hinder connection. That's some of the things that I've learned and uh, some of the patterns I've had in my past I'm trying to change. And uh, I've learned they hinder connection. Uh, when I have an interaction with somebody in some of these ways, uh, I don't feel connected at all. Um, so we will talk more about these ways of interacting, connecting right after this break. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 1055. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 1055. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Hey, welcome back. Today on the Impact Hour, we are talking about connecting. And today, if you'd like to call into the show, maybe you have somebody you'd like to connect better with. Maybe you want to connect with your kids or there's a coworker that is kind of uh, tough getting to know. Um, maybe there's a struggle in a relationship. I don't know if I can necessarily fix it for you, but we can certainly talk about it and see if we can offer some, some support in that. And you can call the show at 1-866-576-1055. Again, that is 866-576-1055. I'd be happy to answer your calls today. Now, this show is the Impact Hour. And you might be wondering, how is connecting related to making an impact in the world? And I thought maybe I'd address that a little bit. 
And I think it's really vitally important. It's really, really hard to make an impact on the world if you're having a hard time connecting with people, having a hard time relating with people, or others are having a hard time relating with you. So if, for instance, maybe just a natural way of interacting with people kind of puts people off. They kind of feel like maybe you're angry all the time or you're just your energy is just out there. People are going, whoa, what is going on with this? And uh, maybe they have a maybe they're afraid of sharing and they don't want to give you feedback. And they're afraid when things are not going well to share that as well. That can hinder a whole lot of progress, a whole lot of results that you'd like to achieve in the world. Um, it's really hard to make a good impact in the world if you're not really great at connecting. And connecting is a vital, important uh, way to do that. And from my perspective, I believe that when we make an impact interpersonally with people, that that actually goes further. That makes a bigger difference in the world than, than some of the other things that we might do. We might start a nonprofit or some kind of organization or do something like that. And I think the impact those can have can be pretty big. And I think even bigger is the impact that we have when we work with and around people. And the impact you're trying to make, you know, it could be with people. Maybe you'd like to be mentoring folks and kind of sharing and passing along what you've learned in life. And that, I think, is an awesome way to make an impact. Uh, but even if that's not something you're really going for, the, the impact that you make on the people that you're working with in whatever you're doing, whatever endeavor you're working on, can be really huge. One way to look at it is when you create an organization, it often helps people at a certain level. But when you interact, interact directly with people, there is a great potential to make a deep transformational change in that person, or at least be there to facilitate it and support that. And that's a deeper level change that is actually happening out there. And that's the kind of change where it has a ripple effect, where you work with somebody and they have this huge shift, this big awareness, this big aha, and then they learn to pass that on to somebody else and they pass that on to somebody else. And that can go pretty far, pretty wide. Whereas a lot of times, you know, other kinds of things we do to make impacts uh, do make impacts. Maybe they reach a whole lot of people, but the level of change that actually happens is, is not as big, not as deep. So an example is I'm an author. I have a book out there. I think it helps, but I don't think people are really transforming their lives reading the book. That's just my experience and seeing it. But when I work one-on-one -on -one with somebody, I can really help them uncover some, some things and make some pretty deep, deep shifts in their life where they come out over a span of time and they're not the same person anymore. I think that's pretty exciting. So connecting is pretty important. I would really not encourage anyone to go make a difference in the world without looking at how they're connecting, uh, what's their interpersonal uh, impact, how are they showing up as a person. That stuff is huge. So here are some ways that we can interact that hinder connecting. I thought I'd start with some of these and then uh, as we get Towards the end, somewhere along the way, I'll talk about what's the opposite. What is a great way to connect much better? So one of the ways uh, is what I call who's right. It's the who's right style of connecting or trying to interact with somebody. And that's where you're looking at what was said is right. Is this right? Is this wrong? And your response is, no, that's not right. It's more like this. Or, yep, that's right. 
And that kind of interacting with somebody doesn't really help connect. And in fact, a lot of times, especially if it's focusing on what's not right and what is wrong, can really make it hard for someone to even just be in in connection and dialogue with you, in proximity to you. They feel like everything they say is judged. And uh, I know this from personal experience. Uh, I used to have a, a deep pattern of this and something I'm still working on. But uh, that's not a way of connecting. People don't feel seen, heard, and understood. That's the goal of connecting. When you have connected with somebody in a good way, both you and them feel seen, heard, understood, and valued. And always judging what they said is right or wrong does not help that. That hinders that. So a question for yourself. As you interact with folks going about your day, is a lot of conversation around what's right and what's wrong? Is there a lot of argument and debate when people interact with you? Could be other people, but maybe that's a pattern that you have as well. Who knows? It's not saying it necessarily is there, but it's a question. Is that something that's out there? Is that something you'd like to change? Another way of interacting with somebody that hinders connection is what I call who's up. And that's a style where I've interacted with some folks. Um, I don't think I fall into this too much, but maybe, I don't know. But the idea is dominating the conversation and not letting other people hardly say anything in at all. And talk about this, and this thing happened over here and over there. I went that, and the other day it was this, and this person, and my kids, and and the whole you know hour is done, and the other person hardly said anything. And that is not a great way to connect. Maybe you feel seen, heard, and understood, but they don't. So a great connection is where both people feel seen, heard, understood, and valued, not just one. One thing that can be helpful in that is to ask yourself what is going on that you feel you need to dominate the conversation. I don't know what kind of answer you might come up with, but some possibilities might be there's a lot going on in your life. Maybe there's some things that are uncomfortable going on in your life. Maybe there's some hurt and you don't want to get into those topics And so dominating the conversation is a way to make sure it never goes and shifts topics to anything uncomfortable. Would make me wonder if you actually feel seen, heard, and understood if you're hiding that stuff. So that might be an example. There might be some other reasons for that too. But who's up? Take a look. Are you dominating the conversation? Next one kind of has multiple, multiple facets to it, which I call who's not. Basically, who's not present. They're checked out or maybe hiding out. And I know some folks, I've had some of this in my past where I'd like to sit and listen to what you say, and I don't want to say anything. It's uncomfortable talking about myself. I'd rather sit in the corner and just listen to what you have to say and what's going on with you. And that way, we don't have to talk about me at all. Um, that's not a great way of connecting either because I don't feel seen, heard, and understood. I didn't even talk about myself. And maybe, maybe you feel great, but I'm hiding out in a way. And there's different ways of checking out. 
So checking out can be physically not present. Like uh, suppose, you know, someone tries to share something like, oh, I got to go and then out of there. Physically not present. That's not present, obviously. But there can be emotionally not present. Just sit there, listen, and uh, even... Perhaps even there is an interaction, but there's no emotional content to the interaction. It's all intellectual. And that's also not being fully present. And that's a way of, again, keeping content away from something uncomfortable, keeping it away from this area of emotions, which a lot of us don't quite know what to do with. And uh, maybe when you're first starting to connect with folks, maybe you don't want to just dive into emotions. Maybe that feels too big of a stretch, but baby steps are good. (laughs) Uh, Just little things. Um, Or it can be about making it all about the other person. Ask questions. Oh, what about this? And how about this? And what was that like for you? And asking about the other person. And that way it keeps the, the spotlight on the other person. And that's a way of also not being present. Or maybe in your world, it's, uh, there's just a lot of worry, for instance. Wherever you go, you're worried about what happens over here, what happens over there, and could this be dangerous here? And your attention is all on what could happen, and you're not really present with the other person. You're thinking about all this other stuff. <clears throat> or maybe you're too busy thinking about what's fun. And you're checked out because what they're sharing is boring, don't want to hear it. And so you're all about what's fun, and you're checked out. And of course, you probably should talk about the cell phone thing. If we're all focused on what's on our cell phone, we are not present. So when we get together with people and we really want to connect, we should try to be present, to be there to be with the person, to be having our, hold our attention on them. What is going on with them? Is, are there any emotions coming up? Is it showing on their face and their body language? Being present, asking about it, sharing what's up with us. And if we're not doing any of that kind of thing, if we're too busy focusing on other things, we're not present, we are not connecting. Another thing that breaks connection is we're trying to be looking good. And there's a deeper thing to that. So trying to look good often is we need to appear a certain way to the other person so we can win their approval. And in that interaction, we are really there for ourselves more than we are for the other person. And that's not connecting great either. And so we're looking to them for some kind of approval and acceptance from them. And so maybe we're cracking jokes or, you know, we're we're behaving a certain way. We're trying to appear a certain way so that they will approve of us. And that's the underlying drive of the whole interaction. We will talk more about this right after this break. Hey folks, you know when it's 100 degrees outside and your air conditioner needs repair, it can stink to be you. Because they'll charge you extra just because they can. Call Big Mountain before it breaks down, then it'll stink to be them. I'm Farron Larson for Big Mountain Heating and Air. Give us a call to take advantage 
of our $69 heating and air conditioning rejuvenation before you have a problem. We'll get you through another summer and winter with Big Mountain's one-year guarantee against your air conditioner or your furnace breaking down, or the service will be free. Also find out how to get a new air conditioning system with solar installed and financed for less monthly expense than buying a new air conditioner only. Don't pay $130 a month for 10 years just for heating and air. Details at BigMountainAir.com or just call 916-378-4616 or BigMountainAir.com. Have you secured your family's financial future? Are you approaching your own retirement and seeking relief from those unexpected financial burdens like long-term care? Why not leave your legacy to the next generation instead? You can count on Family Heritage Group to help you prepare for your future your way. Remember, knowledge is power. So call Ed Outland's Family Heritage Group today at 967-3500. 967-3500 for a free life-changing consultation. Family Heritage Group, your solution to bridging the generations. Fridays at 2. Lock it into Money 105.5 for the rush hour for success. It's a show dedicated to your success. With information about what's going on in the community, reviews of places to visit around Sacramento, and of course... Topics that involve experts in money strategies, business, real estate, and things that matter most in life. Join the watch star himself, Jim T. Chong. Get entertained, get educated, and get with a rush for success. Fridays at 2 on Money 105.5. For many folks, Obamacare isn't working. Carriers are dropping coverage, co-pays are skyrocketing, and penalties for not enrolling are growing. Add to that the hassle of dealing with claims issues and out-of-network roadblocks, and it's easy to see why so many Americans are turning to a different option called health sharing. Full health care plans that are saving families thousands a year and without the hassle. But with so many health sharing plans available, how do you find the right one? Easy. At Health Markets. Their free service does all the work searching nationwide health sharing providers for the plan that's right for your needs and budget. With health sharing, there's no enrollment deadlines, high premiums, or soaring out-of-pocket costs. And they're exempt from the sky-high penalties of the Affordable Care Act. Want a plan with the doctors you love and get coverage for dental and vision? Health Markets can help. Health Markets has helped people enroll in over 3 million plans and they can help you. Their service is free, so call to learn about all the benefits and savings of health sharing. Call 800-292-7796. That's 800-292-7796. 292-7796. Rob, you and I, we're both parents yep. and we love our kids, right? We do love our and kids. And we're willing to sacrifice for them, right? We totally sacrifice. Like when my kids need braces. Yeah, or my kids, they play sports and it's expensive. My kids are always needing new shoes, Rob. So I sacrifice for them because that's important. There's one place where you may want to sacrifice, but you haven't been able to afford it in the past. That's your kids' private or Christian education. If you go to sacktuitions.com, the radio station here, we can get you to for 50% off. We're not talking about savings of $50. We're talking about savings of thousands. Go to sacktuitions.com. Find out how you can get 50% off a private Christian education here in Sacramento. Private education, Christian education for 50% off at sacktuitions.com. Plus, we want to send your kid back to school in style. That's right. A limo ride and lunch. Imagine them rolling up in the school in a beautiful limo. Plus, they can take their friends out to lunch. Just text the word school to three. 3- 3491039 area code 916 meaning significance satisfaction connection you can have it all learn how on the impact hour wednesdays at 2 p.m. on money 1055 host john and rena will help you be a change agent a leader a hero 
Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 1055. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 1055. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. You're listening to The Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Hey, welcome back to The Impact Hour. Today we're talking about connecting. A lot of us so much want to be seen, heard, and understood and valued. As we go through our day, we feel like we're not really connected to people. We're feeling isolated. We can be in a crowd of people and feel alone. And others are feeling that same thing. So this topic today is how do we connect with one another? How do we change that whole scenario? How do we make it so that it works better for everyone? Whether it be in the workplace or in your family, how do we connect? How do we get so that others feel seen, heard, understood, and valued? And how do you make it so that you do too, that you can be a stand for yourself as well? Just want to say, if you interact with somebody and they feel seen, heard, and understood, and valued, they will feel like you are the best thing ever. And it's a great way to build business, a great way to just have deeper connections, deeper relationships with people. People will feel like you are a rock star. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> uh, and again, like I mentioned before, at the very beginning of the show, I'm still learning this myself. This is not something that I've completely mastered. I'm working on this. Sometimes in my interactions, I really mess it up and I have to go back and go, oops, uh, whoops, I didn't mean that. Sorry, I didn't mean to convey that message. Uh, it's something that I'm, I'm working on. And sometimes I'll do that and I'll be completely oblivious and I didn't even notice. So this is something that's still active in my day-to-day, something I'm working on. And sometimes the way we interact with people is okay. It's not something to ask forgiveness for and we just want it to be better. Or sometimes like me, it's like, man, this pattern is not working not working for them, and I want people to not feel dismissed, disregarded when they're around me. I want people to be supported, supported, seen, heard, understood, and valued, and I'm wanting to change my default pattern. I'm going to change my, my habits and unlearn what I've learned so far and how to interact. I also thought I'd mention that if you've missed any sort of past episodes and would like to catch up, uh, you can find past episodes on theimpacthour.com. And if you'd like to take me with you on the road, you can take me as a podcast and listen to me wherever you go. There's instructions on theimpacthour.com on how to set it up to receive the Impact Hour as a podcast. And you can listen to all the episodes that way as well. So I've been kind of walking through all the different ways that we can interact that actually hinder connection. Uh, And then later on, I'm going to talk about what does it take to actually build connection, things I've learned so far. And that may grow. Things I know to, to connect will grow with time as I learn. Um, but I'll share with you what I've learned so far. The next way that can really hinder connection 
is if you're approaching the world, and I call this who's powerful. So if you navigate the world and you're looking for who has the power and who doesn't, who's strong and who's weak, and that's the way you're approaching the world, then likelihood is you'll schmooze up to the powerful people. And if you don't find those people, maybe you'll decide, well, that must be me because there's nobody here powerful. I should take over. So you take over the whole scenario. You decide to lead the meeting because it didn't seem like anybody else was. Um, or maybe somebody was supposed to lead and you just, you just stepped in and took it right over. They felt like you just stepped right on them. That can happen in interpersonal relationships as well. You interact with somebody, feel like maybe they're not very strong, and so you decide to steer the conversation in the areas you want it to go. You don't let them share what they want to share, and they can feel like it was all about you, and they didn't really have a chance to, to really connect. They just felt like they didn't matter <clears throat> in that interaction. That's definitely a way uh, to, to break connection with people. Another way that can break connection is what I call who has expectations. I wrote down who's expecting, but that might have a different connotation. <laughs> um, so who, who has expectations? And this can happen a lot in interactions. Uh, suppose uh, maybe you have a pattern of giving to other people so that they will give back. And so you give, 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 give them this, give them that, do this for them, run this errand for them. And you're, and you're like, okay, now it's my turn. You know, where's it coming from? And it might not even be something that's on your real radar. You're not really thinking about it this way. It just feels like you're being friendly with people. So a lot of these ways of, we, of interacting can really be on a subconscious level. We're doing these things. And so we just interact. You know, all of these I've talked about can really be unconscious. We feel like, no, that's not me. I don't do that. And uh, we start to take a deeper look and go, oh, may maybe there's a little bit of that. And then we look more and go, oh, yeah, okay, maybe there's a lot of that. So it's good to take a look. But the, the idea here is I'm going to interact and I'm going to expect things from you. And so there's a lot of doing things with strings attached. I'm going to do something for you so that you will feel obligated to do something for me. And that can break connection as well. People can feel like they're being held hostage, that there's a, there's a lot of something going on beneath the surface. They can't quite put the finger on, but it feels like there's something, something's going on over there. And it doesn't feel like a genuine connection. So that might be something to look at. Of course, there's who's too busy, who's rushing around. I've got this meeting, I've got that thing. And I'm going to have a conference call on the road to this when I'm, you know, going to this place. And then I've got something to go to over there. And I'm doing, 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 doing lots of, lots of things. My to-do list is large. And I'm checking off all my to-do lists. And I'm going to here. And I'm going to there. It's pretty hard to connect to people when we are too busy. Unfortunately, in our society, at least lately, last, I don't know, 10 years or so, that's kind of lately, is... It seems like a good answer is, how are you doing? A good answer to how are you doing is busy. That seems like, yay, that's a good thing. Being busy is good. And so we like to answer busy. But I'd like to propose that being 
too busy is really not good. It's hard to connect. It's hard to feel like we're seen, heard, and understood when we're going, you know, a thousand miles an hour, going to this thing, going to that thing, doing this work, doing this project, pushing this other thing forward, and all of this stuff. There's just no time in there. When we connect with people, I found it takes time. The fast, rapid-fire, back-and-forth style of conversation doesn't help with, with connecting with people. It's, uh, it's zipping back and forth. People don't really have a chance to sit and look and evaluate how are they feeling, how do you appear to be feeling, to reflect that back. It's this ping-pong back and forth, almost like a, like a match, like somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. And that kind of conversation doesn't work so good. So in order to connect, people really want to be seen, heard, understood, and valued. Or instead of valued, you could say accepted, whatever, whatever works for you. Ultimately, that's how we connect. Anything that hinders either party in, an, in a relationship from being seen, heard, understood, and accepted or valued, that breaks connection. And a connection, when we feel connected, we feel connected when we feel like people really get us and, and they accept us. They're, they're not like, ooh, and then running the other way. That's not connection. <laughs> um, so when we share of ourselves and they get that and it feels like they hear that and they understand that and they go, yeah, that's me too. I can relate to that. Then we just can relax and go, ah, Wow. I'm safe with this person. I'm, I feel connected. I feel like they get me. I, I don't feel like I have to prove anything to them now. I feel like I'm good with this person in this relationship. That's what connection is about. Unfortunately, I guess it depends on your perspective. From my perspective, unfortunately, <laughs> in order to feel connected, I need to be vulnerable. Ugh. Why do I have to be vulnerable? Why does it have to be that? <laughs> um, in order to connect with somebody, we have to be able to take a risk and we have to share and we, we have to be exposed a bit of ourselves. Otherwise, we're not connecting. We just aren't. How do I feel seen, heard, and understood when people aren't really getting me? When I've got my mask on and my armor on, People don't see the me inside the armor. They just see the armor. They get to experience the armor, but they don't get to experience me. And so I feel like people don't get me. When it's true, they didn't get me. They got my armor. For me, taking that armor off, taking off the mask is sometimes really tough. A part of me believes that if I were to expose myself and that people, people didn't like it, and I, feel, I believe people frequently might not like what they see. They might judge me. They might feel like, oh, that guy's just a bozo, or, you know, I thought he had it all together, but he doesn't, and he's really just a fraud, or whatever sort of judgment comes in. I feel like that's it. It's all over. The relationship is over. I might as well die. I probably need to move to another city, go somewhere else, because now it's over. I don't really believe that now, but in my past, that was, that was it, man. If I exposed myself, that could be the end. And, and it could be, it would feel like a little death 
like a part of me would die inside if that happened. So I really, really didn't want to be vulnerable in any way at all. And for me, it's been a journey. And I've had to learn to be more vulnerable. And I've, I've taken baby steps. I think, well, okay, I'll share just a little bit over here and see what happens. Not too scary, not something, you know, too tough to share, just a little bit. Like, maybe sometimes I'll share I'm late, something like that. And we'll talk more about this right after this break. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Hey, welcome back. I left you guys on a cliffhanger. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, I was sharing a little bit about my journey about being vulnerable. Because we're talking today about connecting. And in order to connect, we've got to be vulnerable. Ouch. So for myself... I've learned to take baby steps in being vulnerable. One of the really big steps I took um, is in classes that I teach. So when I first started teaching, I would get up and say, here's my experience, and I'm great. Here's I know all this stuff, and here's why I'm the teacher, and here's why you should listen to me. And then I would start my class, and, and uh, it went just okay. But I really made a shift and I made a shift where I would introduce myself and say, here's my experience and here's what I've done. And I don't know it all. And I'm still learning. And that for me was hard. I don't know, for some other folks, that might be easy. Like, what, what's the big deal? That's easy. But for me, that was hard. Uh, man, I first shared that. And I'm like, man, I don't know how this is going to go. And I was, I was pretty nervous about it. You know, on the inside, I don't know if it showed on the outside, but my nervousness was set, certainly there. Little beads of sweat, you know, rolling down my back. <laughs> um, and and after, afterwards, it actually went a whole lot better. People felt more connected to me. It felt like they could relate. Like, oh, man, finally somebody else doesn't know it all. Man, that feels so much better. And there's been other ways where I've, I've been vulnerable. And I've shared some things in front of folks in various settings, shared things that I've struggled with, you know, share, share some of my past history that, was, that really hurt deeply and share that. And I found that it actually, I don't die. <laughs> and, and I get more and more comfortable with it. And it's not something that I think is ever completely done. I don't think, at least not in my experience, I don't, for me, I've never 
gotten to a place where I feel like I can share anything with anybody, anytime, and there's no, no fear, anxiety around there at all. I've not gotten there. And, and part of me believes that maybe we don't ever really get there, that there's always some, some setting, some thing that we could share, and it feels risky. It feels vulnerable. It feels like, oh, man, what could happen here? And it's, it's an ongoing process. It's not a flip the switch and good, now we can share anything. That's not my experience anyways. So ultimately, deeper connections require everyone to dare greatly and to be vulnerable. And a part of connecting is a practice of being vulnerable. And whether it's little things here and there, or maybe in certain settings, it's, it's really big things, depending on how your relationship is with the people. And without vulnerability, deep connection is not possible. Certainly not in my experience. And you should note that not every place is a good place to be vulnerable. Some places are places where you can be incredibly vulnerable. In some settings are places where you can be a little bit vulnerable. And some settings are places where you cannot be vulnerable at all. And a lot of times it really depends on who's there in the setting. A lot of times you really can't know for sure until you test the waters. Kind of test sharing a little bit. How do they respond to that? Maybe, maybe that when others see you be vulnerable, it scares them incredibly. They are now terrified that you've just shared. I'm not saying this will happen very often. I imagine it would be pretty rare. But you could be vulnerable and now they feel like that they are expected to be vulnerable and they are terrified of that. And they may lash out. They may make a joke at your expense because they want to shut that down. That is too scary. And if you find that, you go, oop, not this place. This is not a good place to be vulnerable. But there are places, just trust, there are places to be vulnerable. And those are places where you can develop deeper connections. So in order to have deeper connections, here are some things to think about things to, that you can use to help be more connected. So many of our conversations and our interactions really aren't there about connection at all. It are, it's topics, it's things that don't really create connection. A lot of times they hinder connection. I went through a big list earlier. But uh, in order to create connection, you can shift the conversation to something else. Shift it to hopes, dreams, and desires. And maybe someone can ask you a question and you could just say, well, I don't want to answer that. Instead, I just want to know, what do, you, what do you hope for? What do you dream of? What do you desire in life? And they might go and take a step back and go, whoa, this is something different. But when they start sharing those, they get to share a little bit of themselves. It might feel a little vulnerable to share that thing, those kinds of things. It might feel vulnerable for you to share those kinds of things. But it's not too deep. It's not too risky. Those are kind of things that might be a little easier to share and to create connection. And those would be the places where you can test the waters. Just see, hey, what, what do you hope for? What do you hope for in life? What do you hope for this month? You know, whatever. Keep, keep, it, keep it easy and, you know, you have to ask big life questions necessarily. But, you know, just ask people, what do they hope for? What do they dream of? What do they desire? And you can have a pretty good conversation around that. You can also share with somebody, what do you like about them? 
maybe they're asking this, they're doing this and talking about this topic or this idea or whatever. And you can say, you know, I like that you are honest or I like that, whatever it is. And that's a way of changing the conversation, shifting it to something um, that's more meaningful. So instead of talking about politics and who's right, we can talk about hopes, dreams, desires, and shift it to what you like about the person. Or, heaven forbid, maybe you could talk about feelings. That'd be okay with some folks. Just say, you know, you're sharing the stuff and I'm watching you. And what I get from you is this, this kind of, kind of low-level anxiety about all of this. Start talking about that. And uh, maybe they'll share about that. Hopefully not pop back into story around what's going on. But these are things you can try. You can kind of work on shifting the conversation to something a little deeper, depending on who it is. If you have a really great friendship, you can talk about fears, maybe shame, hurts. Talk about those things. And that would be a way of sharing more deeply. And as in every case here, it's probably good to go first to share those things about yourself. And it doesn't have to be awkward. You can say, hey, I just wanted to test something and try something out here, see if we can share more deeply. And I just wanted to share this and see what happens. And then share it and see what happens. <laughs> Another thing you can do to create um, deeper connection is to really, really listen. We've talked about listening. We've heard listening. We've heard about active listening and all these ways of listening. Um, and still, oftentimes, we really, really don't listen. And we're too busy formulating what we want to say back, what kind of response we want to have. And we're just sort of kind of listening. We're listening for the gist of what they're saying, but not really what they are saying. Uh, we're really not connecting. Um, but to really listen, it might be good to just leave a lot of space in the conversation, a lot of time. Ask questions, don't respond right, right away, don't do this rapid fire back and forth, it's not a ping pong match, and just listen. And you can reflect back to the person what you heard and reflect back to them in your own words. I know some schools of thought say use it word for word what they said back to them, but I think people actually feel more heard when you use your own words can you paraphrase what they said? And they go, yeah, that's right. Or they can say, no, not quite that. And they can clarify and then you can reflect back again. Okay, so it's more like this, not like that. And they go, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And that's a way to connect more. And again, the pacing in the conversation needs to slow way down for this kind of, this dialogue to take place. You know, just leave space for that. Let them know what you've heard. You can also reflect back to them what you're getting from them emotionally. What's showing on their face? This looks like this really hurts. Or it looks like you're really angry about that. That's a deeper level of reflecting back to what they said. And then they can start to feel really heard and really understood. It's not just the content of what they're talking about, but you're really getting to the, to the emotional content, what's going on there, and share that with them. And then, of course, you can share what you're experiencing as well, a deeper connection. Finally, I want to end with this one last thing is to use what I call responsible language. Instead of saying you, you know, when, when you walk down the sidewalk and you feel like somebody is expecting you to do this or that and they're using this word you, 
when really you mean I and me. And it's much better to talk about yourself and use I when you mean I, use we when you mean we, and use you when you mean you. So thanks for listening. That's you've been listening to the Impact Hour. more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. Newsflash! Mohawk has created a dynamic new carpet and pad in one piece and is called Aero. It is hypoallergenic. You can see the display at Waldo Bowers Flooring Showroom, 2300 Broadway. Aero is a new product that won't absorb any moisture, helping prevent the growth of allergens. It also releases dust, dirt, and pet dander more easily when vacuumed. There are no VOCs or odor, and it's latex-free. Experience pure peace of mind with Aero. Waldo Bowers is one of the first retailers to carry this new product, and it's at a great price. Waldo Bowers can also make the old look new. Sanding and finishing old wood floors can rejuvenate them and make them look absolutely gorgeous. And nothing goes better on a beautiful wood floor than a custom-designed area rug. Waldo Bowers, excellent customer service, professional installation, and affordable prices. Why would you go anywhere else? 0% financing is available on approved credit. Waldo Bowers, join them on Facebook, online at waldobowersfloorcovering.com, or call 451-0114, 451-0114. Sacramento's home for intelligent talk, plus business news to keep an eye on your portfolio. ASAC Money 105.5 FM, KSAC Dunnigan, Sacramento, a service of Salem Media Group. U.S. access to Russian...